Welcome back to Coming Up for Air with hosts Dominique Simone Levine, Laurie McDougall, and Kayla Solomon. This podcast is produced with love by the Allies and Recovery team in solidarity with our listeners. Come in and sit with us for conversations on the most pertinent topics for families navigating a loved one's addiction. We created this podcast, along with the learning modules and discussion blog, in support of you. We salute the work you are doing and your dedication to helping your loved one find a way through. And now, coming up for air. Hi, everyone. This is Laurie McDougall on Coming Up for Air, and I'm here this morning with both co-host Kayla Solomon. Hi, Kayla. How are you this morning? Good. Hi, Laurie and Dominique. And Dominique Simone Levine. How are you, Dominique? It's really nice to have you back. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm very glad to be back. I'm emerging from my self-made bubble. Taking a few weeks off, I really appreciate being back and having you guys uh, to count on for these podcasts these last couple of weeks. Thank you. The topic for this podcast is reframing. And it's one of my absolute, completely favorite tools and possibly an obsession for me because it allows me personally to take whatever happens in life and turn it into a way for me to be able to live with it, cope with it, and actually make the most of it. So basically the idea with reframing is that you take a situation and I think in the old days it would have been been called, you know, what's the silver lining? But for me, it's you take the situation and you look at what good can come out of it. What benefit is part of this? How you're growing from this? You basically take whatever is happening, however you're feeling, and you turn it around to look at look at it from a positive perception, a positive viewpoint. So for example, like one of my favorite mottos is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's a reframe. Okay. So that what happens is that it looks like, why is my life so hard? But basically what winds up happening is that if it's hard and you work with it well, you actually get stronger. If you look at anything that happens in people's lives, the struggles don't have to be the burdens, the struggles are things that if you work with it with a positive mindset, like, okay, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm changing. This is actually something that I could get something out of. You have a different way of managing it while it's happening and also how you process it afterwards. So that how you think about things absolutely affects your experience. So instead of, oh my God, poor me, you know, why is this happening to me? This is terrible. If you turn it around and look at, okay, I can handle this. And how am I going to handle it? And something good will come out of this, even though I don't know what it is. It changes everything. And so I'm going to give you an example that's personal to me. What happened for me is years ago, many, many years ago, I, I was one of the first people working in the world of HIV in the early 80s. I was working for the New York City Department of Health and I was developing their HIV programs from the beginning, the hotline and then the training. And then I helped open up the first anonymous counseling and testing site. And I was doing education across the city. And what happened was I remember at the time my mother was not feeling well. 
And I thought maybe she was getting dementia or something like that. She was in her early 60s. And I literally was standing in front of a group of people saying the way you can get AIDS or HIV is through IV drug use, sexual behavior and um, blood transfusions. And I knew my mother had had a blood transfusion and I had a feeling maybe there was some kind of connection, but I completely went into denial. Okay. And I was like, "Mm." and I tried to get her tested, but it didn't really work out. It winds up that my mother got an effective blood transfusion from somebody who was using IV drugs. And I had been working with those people just a few years before, and they were donating blood. And absolutely, there was so much infection in the blood supply, but there was no testing. She got a very highly infected transfusion And she literally died probably five years later of AIDS. And I was very well situated to handle it with her, but it was awful and I was devastated and I felt really guilty and responsible that I didn't see it. What happened was I could not get her any services because it was at the time in the world that if you had AIDS, nobody would come to your house, nobody, you couldn't get buried. It was terrible, couldn't get nurses, but I was able to do that. And then about... Five years later, I wind up getting a job providing the exact same services that my mother needed. And I helped create a program that actually took care of people in Brooklyn who were older, like my mom, that did not exist. And I knew exactly what needed to happen. And so for me, it closed the loop. And when it it made that horrendous part of my life so valuable and so important. And it was this beautiful closing of the circle. So for me, that's the reframe, like what a gift that I had. I was coming into the situation, knowing what needed to happen, what needed to take place because I'd been through something so terrible. That's the ultimate reframe. Kayla, I'm just, I'm just blown away by that story because what you're describing is not just the positive reframe that you need now to survive the moment. But you showed us what reframing does to the future, to the idea of of how the experienced will drive your intentions in the future, inevitably what you ended up manifesting in the future. It came from that adversity and that horrible pain of, of what happened with your mom, which is just so sad to hear. But that's what drove your future direction. So, you, you know, never take, I guess what you're saying is never take for granted the current adversity, the current struggle, and not just in terms of how it makes you feel now, which we're going to spend some time on now, I'm sure. But this direction, this beautiful, loving, organic direction that you ended up going in on behest, you know, as a legacy and to close this, the loop, as you said. Right. And also narrowing down what Dominique is saying in combination with what you're saying, that was a big picture. It's not narrowed down to like in the moment, but you can see how reframing everything in very narrow moments, right? In very specific moments, as well as big picture, it's really what probably changes your whole perspective on the world. And I would imagine that when you were going through that particular time frame with your mother and all of the feelings and had to be overwhelming and had to be, had to have moments of what we call awfulizing, 
and, and really asking those deep questions. Why? You know, why my mother? And maybe that's why we often go into denial, like you were talking about, like not seeing it in the moment because we don't want to face that this is actually happening and how changing, just reframing it. And now it gave you this whole purpose and meaning is just incredible. It's really wonderful that we're having this discussion in the rest meetings that we have. We happen to be having this discussion right now about inner voice and about the things we tell ourselves or the things that we don't tell ourselves. Oftentimes, we let our inner voice just kind of go rampant. An event happens or things happen and that inner voice just goes nuts. It just goes berserk. I can't live like this. I can't do it anymore. Things are never going to get better. I'm right. All of those awful comparing ourselves to other people. Why can't my kids be like their kids? Or, you know, why can't you be like your brother? Those rampant things that our inner voice does to us just wreaks havoc, I think makes us sick. Yeah. And this week we had this great conversation about that as well in our group, because there's one one mom whose son is in treatment now and he's on he's not allowed. They're not allowed to speak on the phone. It's been like a month. So they've been writing. And the only thing that they could do is write, which is the lost art. Let's face it. And what's been fascinating is she's like, we're having these amazingly beautiful conversations in writing. And she said the same thing. She said, I wonder if all of what's happened has gotten us to this place for this reason. I would never have had this with my son ever if it wasn't this situation. That's a reframe. Okay. All of this has led to this and this little momentary connection of depth would never have happened any other way. If I hadn't, if they hadn't, He's in treatment and his life has been put on hold, but now he's able to think in a different way and he's able able to dig in deeper. And so is she. And, you know, I look at the group, I'm watching people in the group and I'm thinking to myself, what an amazing group of people who are like connecting and they wouldn't be connecting if they weren't going through this situation. Right. I see the same. I see the same in rest meetings. I watch families really transform. And oftentimes you can be in the meeting and, you know, we're discussing these things. We're having these really deep conversations about the inner voice and you can see the light go off and people actually you can almost see them become happier and I often say, and I know people don't quite understand this, but I often say that as miserable as substance use disorder is and how it, I mean, it was just incredibly difficult to go through and I was traumatized, but I also say that substance use disorder, I'm like really grateful <laughs> that I had the opportunity to go through what I've gone through because I wouldn't be who I am now if I hadn't. And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't. I wouldn't have met all of the most incredible people that I have. So in lots of ways, and I mean big ways in my life, I have to be grateful that I had the opportunity to have this experience. Can I just play devil's advocate? Because there's part of me that just wants to argue. And my argument here is, OK, you guys, pie in the sky. You want me to just 
think happier thoughts and somehow my whole life is going to evolve differently into this fulfilling, meaningful existence where I accept everything. Okay, fine. But seriously, I can't think like that. You guys are just, you're just trying to put a, a silver lining, as you say, on what is just completely a terrifying situation. But you want me to have faith, basically, that my stepping back from the awfulizing that I'm doing, which frankly is my life, pretty awful, that somehow that's going to jump me to a better place. So here's the interesting thing. This is not just about, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. That's not what we're talking about here. Your life is your life. Okay. You're handed your deck of cards. What happens is you are handed this life and you have different ways that you get to manage it. Okay. This is a management issue. This is not a pie in the sky thing. If let's say your life sucks, which I think all of us have that as part of it. I'm sorry for my professional lingo, but life is hard. Okay. That's the one thing I have learned is life is hard. Terrible, terrible things happen to all of us all the time. It's just part of the deal. Like it used to be this, oh, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Okay. That used to be my thing. It's like the other shoe is going to drop. Okay. It's not just that you think it's going to drop. It's going to drop. That's how it is. You love somebody, something bad happens. You're, you get old, your body doesn't work the same way. Life is hard outside of your life. Life is hard. Okay. So let's accept that. That is true. So what we're talking about is not, oh, yay, it's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. It's like, how do you manage that? It's how do you manage the hard stuff? Because if you're like, oh, it's so hard. Oh, why me? Oh, oh, my God. What's the next thing that's going to happen? What's next? Then I will tell you from personal experience, it makes everything a thousand times harder. And what I'm talking about is how do you take this hard stuff which is going to happen anyway, whether you're a pie in the sky or not, and make it easier for yourself to manage day to day. That's all we're talking about. I agree. We had a really deep conversation about this in the rest meetings about changing your thoughts. I shouldn't say changing, adding in new thoughts. So the old thoughts still exist. They're still there. It's just adding in other thoughts that are based more in reality and um, can move you to a more manageable spot. When you're experiencing these awful, like, like what Kayla was talking about, oh my God, life is horrible. So you're wading in crap up to your shoulders. And if you continue to wade in crap up to your shoulders, you continue to wade in crap up to your shoulders. But what we're talking about is getting out and start washing that off of yourself not that you're going to be up in the clouds with the balloons and the fairies and the birds. That's not it. And you're not going to get rid of those difficult emotions and difficult thoughts and difficult feelings. You're just going to manage them better. So we talked about we talked about this inner voice and we talked about just quieting it down. It's just managing things so you can think more logically. We're supposed to have difficult thoughts and difficult emotions when things are difficult. There's purpose to those feelings and thoughts, right? There is purpose to anger. Anger can be really good at identifying, oh, I got to find solutions to this problem. But also 
love or caring and hope and all of those things. We're supposed to feel that too, but they're supposed to exist all at the same time. We're not wiping one out. We're not ever going to get to, you know, these wonderful feelings and always feeling pie in the sky like you were talking about, Dominique. It's just not going to happen. What we need to do is we need to be able to make space for all of it and have a, a calmer perspective. And that can bring peace and calmness on some level. And some of us might be better at it than others. See, and I also think that, you know, we're talking about the pie in the sky. There's not a soul on the planet that would accuse me of being little rabbit foo-foo. I'm positive, but I am not little rabbit foo-foo. I actually am one of the most practical people that you're going to know. The only reason I've come up with this reframe thing is it helps me. That's why. It's not, oh, you know, this is unreasonable or unrealistic. I have found that when I can find some positive aspect of what's going on or what has happened, it makes me feel a thousand times better. So I've used it as a tool because I used to be just anxious. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh my God, why is this happening to me? Oh my God, oh my God, bad, bad, bad. It made me, I felt like it really basically crippled me from being able to calm down, from being able to make good choices, from me be able to feel okay about my life. And it just spiraled me into this turmoil that that made everything more complicated and messy for me. And when I could slow myself down and say, okay, what good is coming out of this? Let me stop for a moment and think what's good about this. And you have to do it all the time. It's a practice. And reframe it in the moment. And reframe it at this moment. And so the way I think of it for myself personally is instead of, it being like, I'm like magic fairy dust person. I see myself more as I'm a warrior. Okay. Like I've been through all this stuff and it's not warrior. Like I'm coming out with weapons. It's more like Aikido. And for those of you who don't know what Aikido is, is it's the martial art where you're moving out of the way. Okay. So that somebody's coming towards you. And instead of you like going to punch them or push them or whatever, what you do is you literally, I, I remember because I used to be a martial artist, there was this ancient Chinese woman who was this master um, Aikido, uh, this Aikido master. She had this like long flowing gown on and she was teeny and I'm teeny also, but she was teeny. And we were at this women's martial arts camp. And what happened was she stood up and everybody was like, oh my God, you know, dumb, you know, like send, they send somebody like my size who is a black belt to come up against her. And she then pointed out the largest, most, you know, voluminous woman there that was also a black belt. And she's like, come at me, basically. And I don't know what happened. I just I must have blinked. But this woman comes rushing at her. And I think she lifted her hand up. And the next thing I know, this woman's flying through the air and on her back. And I was like, that's the kind of martial artist I want to be. I want to get out of the way. Because if you stand up to this thing and try to fight it, you actually could get hurt. So basically what you're saying is you originally, when things would happen, you were just constantly anxious and, yes. and responses were usually driven by that anxiety and the chaos that was going on inside of your head. So learning to calm down and start to reframe things allowed you the opportunity to then 
respond or re, yeah, respond in a more logical way that was going to benefit you. Exactly. And, and, and this analogy is that instead of me like charging directly in to try to fix it and fight it or do whatever, if I step back and just allow it to see for me to see what's coming towards me and kind of step away from it, as opposed to step into it, it actually gives me more power. So the stepping back is me like looking at it in a different way, like, hmm, what could be good about this? Or how am I stronger because of this? Or what's the gift of this? Which takes work because at first it's it makes no sense, but you're looking for microscopic gifts of this, microscopic shifts. The other thing that's a really important perception here is that that if you think about what growth is about, growth doesn't ever happen when you're comfortable. Nobody changes when they're comfortable. My absolute belief is that when you are having a really hard time, when you're stressed out, when you're dealing with the worst possible things in your life, that's your opportunity to grow. That's when I see people be willing to change because they're not comfortable and they want something to be different. That's when people do the work. So that to me is a reframe. And for me, what's so interesting is so many overlapping ways of really getting to the same point, right? Because the other way I think about this reframe is, as as I've been listening to you, is my initial response to just about anything that happens in life is like, Ugh! you know, like like somehow it just kicked me square in the belly and I can't breathe. I mean, I do that to so much in life. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to be me. Over the years, I realized, you know, that that's a history, that's trigger, that's whatever and all that is. It's inevitable. It happens. But I have it down to such a small amount of time now when I feel it as fast as I can start to reframe and kind of look at it with less bias, look at it from different perspective. Look, all these all these ways that you're talking about, the faster I can get there and know I know I can trust to get there and that it helps the faster I think better and more calmly and that anxiety has a place to go. Otherwise, ha, there's nothing in the world that would stop me seriously in the old days from using because that was the only thing I could think of that would stop that feeling. So we're asking you to reframe mentally, cognitively, consciously, you know, what used to be just a run like our loved ones, a run to the drug, a run to some way of disappearing, a run from the world. It is a warrior stance. I like that you're aligning it with what our loved ones do. Our loved ones get into that panic mode and their only source of calmness or bringing that tension down is to go and use those substances and basically, if we're asking them to find other skills to deal with that chaos and crisis, and we want them to learn how to deal with it, it's really important that we learn how to deal with it as well. I think this is such a great skill, Kayla, to module seven. This is it. It's really a lot of work. It's difficult to do. Your fighting habit that you've learned for years and years to stop responding to the crisis and chaos and what you're feeling in the moment. Your goal is to kind of break that cycle. Um, so it's really difficult to do, but here it is. Here is a skill, start reframing. Right, and you get to use it with your loved one. I mean, I use it with my kid all the time where she'll like describe this crazy drama that she's dealing with. And I look for the reframe 
it's like, well, maybe maybe they're feeling like you have more than they do or they're jealous. And which means that they want something that you have. And it's like, how do you have compassion for them? How do you not get mad at somebody who's having an issue with you? How do you try to think about it differently? Because reframe literally means how do you take a situation and think about it differently? This is a practice because at first you're going to think the same. It's exactly what you're talking about, Lori. It's like these are habits that we have. And so what we're suggesting is that you create a new habit for the benefit of yourself, but it absolutely will change your relationship. Because to me, like if somebody's living on the street, I look at them and I think to myself, that takes a tremendous set of skills to be able to do that. So I don't see them as helpless and hopeless. I see people as, wow, you know, that's crafty. And they're like figuring out what they need to do day to day. And it's terrible. But I have to look at the gifts of it because those are the same gifts that if it's translated into another lifestyle are very powerful. Again, it's the reframe. You know, you're amazing. Obviously, you can't see that for yourself, which is fine. But, you know, I see you as somebody who's strong and able. Your direction right now is in this particular way. But as soon as you make a decision, you get to use that same focus to be able to get your wants in a different way. You have to change the frame. We, we are once again in total agreement. You know, I always find it amazing that it seems like our groups kind of align themselves. We kind of end up going over the same topics almost on a weekly basis. We're working on module seven, you know, module seven on the allies website, and we're working on the inner voice. It's the exact same thing. It's reframing. What do you tell yourself? And also, I think this falls under the category of craft in that it's also finding the positive, Yeah. right? We are so focused on the negative. Now we have to kind of balance it out where we get some of that positivity. We're not going to be able to swing it all the way over and we shouldn't, but we should try and get the needle kind of middle of the road. That's what's so helpful, Lori, is to bring this back up now. Why this skill? Why, why is this so important in craft, right? It's in order for us to communicate more positively, to have compassion and to open to our loved one and to be a little less biased because we've become so kind of scared and negative and things are too urgent for us to consider the, perhaps the, the movements they are making towards a different life. It's critically important that we have that stance with craft for ourselves as the family members in order to do the best we can for our loved one. And we're in better shape than they're in right now. So it kind of behooves us to learn this stuff and to understand it at its microcosm, which is what we've been talking about in this particular episode is really how do you start to create that change deep inside yourself that allows you to change the relationship with your loved one in a way that they're going to have a bridge built to them, a connection, and you're going to be able to say, hey, you're hurting. Let me show you what I've learned here. This is some, here are some options you may not have thought of when you're ready, da, 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 da. You know, so we're here in order to create an environment that's conducive to change the best environment possible given what science has studied. That's what craft does. It doesn't say you're gonna cure the person, you're not gonna prevent addiction, you're managing the situation, you're providing the very best immediate environment around your loved one. That's what we're doing with craft. And therefore you feel better, 
your loved one feels better, your loved one feels more supported, more loved, more willing, more caring about themselves, and they go and they seek help in record numbers, right? In statistically very significant numbers. So if you go to our to our page, alliesinrecovery.net, there's the results of our member survey. It's so positive what happens when you start to understand this stuff and you start to make these little shifts within you. And you see that in the outcomes of feeling helped, feeling able to communicate, feeling calmer, getting a loved one to get into treatment, all those things, the numbers of satisfied people that, that have felt very or extremely helped by craft are really encouraging. As I've often said, um, when I found allies in recovery uh, was my saving grace. Once I found that, it changed everything, absolutely everything for me and my family. But Kayla, we are really coming to the end here. Do you think you could give us a... I'm going to wrap it up really fast, which is basically the topic for today is reframe, which means to look at whatever is happening and find what kernel of positivity is in there so that you can calm your system down, you can change perspective, and you can see that no matter what is happening to you, it's not all bad. There's something good coming out of it. And if you see it that way, that will change how you feel, how you think, and how you behave. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kayla. Thank you, Dominique. And we'll be back again next week. Can't wait to talk to you then. Bye. Have a great week. Bye, ladies. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode of Coming Up for Air spoke to you. If you're listening in today on a podcast platform that isn't the Allies member site, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating. This helps others find the show more easily. If you have a suggestion for a new topic or a guest for the show, please reach out through the Contact Us form on alliesinrecovery.net. Special thanks to our hosts, our guests, and our production team.